For Arizona Public Media, I'm Fernanda Echavarri, sitting in for Mark McLemore, and this is Arizona Spotlight. Is there a song that reminds you of your dad? I asked ACPM staff to share their stories. We meet a father and son who are keeping the rare language of Esperanto very much alive. And we hear from a family with two dads. Those stories are all next on Arizona Spotlight. Music has a way of making us feel so much. It sometimes changes our mood in just a few minutes. Certain songs make us smile and want to dance. Some can bring us to tears. It's all about how we connect music to our lives, our past experiences, our struggles and victories. It's also about the people and memories we associate with certain music. For Father's Day, I wanted to know what songs remind my colleagues of their dads. So I asked staff from Arizona Public Media what songs come to mind when they think of their fathers. I'm Mariana Dale, and I'm an online reporter and editor here. Uh, When I was asked about what song reminds me of my dad, I immediately thought of Saturday mornings at my house growing up. They weren't quiet, and we never really got to watch cartoons because my dad was always doing chores really loudly and blasting his music. I thought of Tower of Power, which is this kind of jazz funk band with some really recognizable horn sections from the 70s, and he would just be jamming out and, you know, singing into, you know, he'd sing into paper towel rolls or the broom. Mostly at the time, we were just really upset that we couldn't watch cartoons because the vacuum cleaner was going. But in retrospect, I think of it really uh, fondly. There's this song called What is Hip by Tower of Power. I never really listened to the lyrics, but when I went back and listened to them, the song's all about trying to define what it is that makes you cool. And I think when I was growing up, I didn't really think my dad was very cool, probably like most kids. But now, uh, in retrospect, I do think my dad is really hip. Um, He's like wore Chuck Taylor shoes way before that was a cool thing to do. Uh, He reads The New Yorker. We talk about articles from the news and and current events, and I really like spending time with him, Um, and I do think he's pretty hip. And there's like a line in the song. I wrote it down so I'd remember. If you're really hip, the passing years will show. And I think that's my dad. Um, When I listen to that song, I guess I just feel... Nostalgic for the time when, like, the soundtrack of my parents and of my dad was kind of always playing through the house. Um, I actually have a playlist called Nostalgia that has a bunch of those old songs from from my childhood, and it kind of just makes me miss sharing space with them. And and now that's kind of a treat because it doesn't happen as often because I don't live at home anymore. I'm so glad when Daddy comes home, glad as I can be. 
Clap my hands and jump for joy and climb up on his knee. My name is Steve Riggs, senior videographer for Arizona Public Media. Hug him tight like this. Pat his cheeks and give him what? A great big kiss. It is a nursery rhyme that uh, we sing in church. I enjoy it when my kids sing that song to me and the other fathers in the congregation because it reminds me of when I sang it to my dad. I don't know, it's just tradition, yes, but I don't know, it just, it, it, it returns back to me, to my heart when I sang it, and uh, it's, yeah, it's a cute little song, but I, I enjoy being a dad too, so that's part of why I like it. I'm Mark McLemore, producer and host of Arizona Spotlight. For a particular song, when I was a very small baby and toddler, my dad used to be able to break me up in hysterics by singing the chorus to the song about the witch doctor, the ooh-ee-ooh-ah-ah part. Uh, to the point where I remember up until I was probably seven, eight, nine, ten years old, I would beg him to do it. And he wouldn't do it very often uh, as I got older, perhaps sensing that its power would eventually run out. But as a small kid, nothing was funnier than my dad singing those lyrics. It let me see a side of my dad being goofy that wasn't always the way that I saw him. Um, it was a part of his personality that didn't always come out, but whenever it did as a child, I was so happy to see it. I'm Tony Paniagua, and I'm one of the reporters and producers at Arizona Public Media. The What Reminds You of My Father, in my case, it's not one song, but a collection of songs from a group called Los Panchos. They formed in the 1940s in New York City, two Mexicans and a Puerto Rican. Eventually, there were some changes in the trio, but it was a beautiful sound, a ballad that I heard growing up all of my life. My father loved this group as well as many others, and it's just a wonderful reminder of my father and his love for Latin American music. I think the most memorable thing about this song and my father is that we grew up in a household where music was a staple. There was always music playing uh, from the radio, from old records, from cassettes. This was before CDs. Uh, when I first started hearing it, of course, we moved on to CDs eventually. But my father always had music, and our house was always full of sound and happy sound. Even though Los Panchos is somewhat uh, sad, I still remember that as being a happy time in our lives when we were all gathered and no matter what was going on in the household, some people were working on their homework, some people were cleaning the house, others were just relaxing. There was always music playing in the background. My father's name was Nevardo. He is no longer with us. He passed away in 2008 at the age of 80. And I remember quite well that up until his last few weeks of life, music was an important part of his life. I think he left a wonderful memory in all of us in that whenever we gather, the seven children and my mom, somebody's always playing music. 
it was just a staple, something that has lived, that lived with him and continues to live through us because all of us have embraced music as a really important part of our lives as well. Estás morta. That means Esperanto is not dead. The language was invented more than a hundred years ago with the hope of creating world peace through a tongue everyone would learn. That hasn't happened, but Esperanto still holds mystique for many. The well-known language learning platform Duolingo is about to release an Esperanto app. Stina Sieg introduces us to a father and son in Tucson who are keeping the language very much alive. Ten-year-old Lincoln Kay is throwing a ball for his dog around his backyard pool in Tucson. <laughs> Harley only knows English, but Lincoln was raised speaking like this. What's that now? I said um, that he was going to jump in to get the ball, and he likes to jump in and get the ball. Lincoln is a rarity, even within the Esperanto community. It's estimated that anywhere between 200,000 and 2 million people speak the language worldwide. But there are only about 1,000 native speakers, like Lincoln. Esperanto was his first language, and still the main one he uses with his dad, Greg Kay. Having lived abroad, I realized that the language barrier is a significant barrier and can c create many misunderstandings. Greg used the language while traveling when he was younger. In fact, the free hospitality network he used then still exists. It's called Pasporta Servo, and it lists Esperanto speakers willing to open their homes to fellow Esperantists. Thanks to Esperanto, I've met many people that I would have just passed by otherwise, many fascinating people. Humphrey Tonkin is a professor of humanities at the University of Hartford in Connecticut. He's also been an Esperanto speaker since he was 14, when he taught himself. He says Esperanto creates a kind of level playing field because it's a second language for almost everyone who speaks it. The result is that, that you're kind of lifted out of your own cultural limitations and you're really in an authentically international environment. And maybe that's what's kept Esperanto alive, even though the rise of English could have killed it off. Tonkin says it also could have faded away during both world wars when its speakers were persecuted. Instead, he thinks the language is actually growing, though he says it's incredibly hard to gauge. He admits that, at this point, learning Esperanto was kind of, dare I use the word, a kind of utopian thing especially since the world is full of problems, he says, many of them getting worse. But that's all the more reason for hanging on to those things that will make the world a better place. We just need to get together better, and maybe Esperanto is one of the ways we can do it. Back in Tucson, Greg and Lincoln Kay aren't talking about world peace, but the baby birds living in a nest outside their house. Greg jokes that when Esperanto is made the official language of the UN, raising a son this way will be validated. More seriously, though, 
He says he has no regrets about giving Lincoln the gift of this language. Again, a language that perhaps is not going to give you any sort of monetary reward in the future. It's a different kind of reward. It's a different kind of reward, exactly. And oftentimes a much richer reward. And one that Lincoln might share with his kids someday. Miestas, Stina Sieg. After three years of marriage, Adam and Michael Lavallo adopted an eight-year-old boy. Martin is a bright young man who loves science, video games, and playing with Legos. Last year, Mark McLemore met with the two-father family and gave them written questions to guide their conversation. Before you became a family, did Father's Day have a special significance? Yeah, I guess it did for me. Um... I've always wanted to be a dad, so ever since I was a child, it was really something really I dreamt about having in my own life. So celebrating it with my own dad was important, and someday carrying that on with my own family was a big dream. For me, um, just because of my upbringing, I didn't have a significant father figure in my life. So Father's Day didn't have a you know, very um, significant place in my life. So, Martin, does Father's Day mean anything important to you? Yeah, because I could spend the day with you and Daddy instead of at foster care, I couldn't. Being gay, I mean, for most of my life, I never thought that I would be a father. I never, I always thought that was something kind of out of reach of my, of my experience. And so... Having my life kind of unfold the way that it did and having Martine in my life um, means that I became something that I never anticipated being. So that makes it's a really special experience because I never thought that that would come to be for me. And if I didn't have you in my life, I don't believe I probably would have had this opportunity either. So I'm pretty blessed and fortunate to have you sharing this experience with me. Thank you. So when you first talk about your family to other people, do you feel like you have to answer extra questions? Sometimes, but rarely. Because some people, they think that gays are weird. And some people, it's okay to them. Have you lost friends because of it? No. I almost did once. And then I let it go. And then he said, oh, sorry, Martine, gays are okay. Gay is not a bad word. Okay. Wow. So what's the advantage to having two dads in the house? Well, it's much better playing stuff. What's that mean? What do you mean like, by that? If I didn't have like two dads, it wouldn't be better playing with only two play- people. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're increasing your chances of, of doing something that you would do with a dad. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because you have two dads, you have double that opportunity. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Martine, if your daddy and I, you woke up tomorrow morning and your daddy and I each could be married and have wives and you'd have two dads and two moms, would that be something you'd prefer? No. Why not? 
because I want you to be the same people you are right now. Meaning a couple? Yes. And Mike, how does it feel knowing that when we had to make that decision to select which one of us as a married couple, because we're gay, um, to adopt our son that we had to pick? Well, I think on some level, it makes me sad. It makes me sad that I'm not um, sort of a full-fledged parent. I mean, I know Martine sees me as his dad, and that's all that really matters to me. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. But when it comes to being able to fully represent myself to other people as his parent, um, I sometimes have to catch myself and realize that I'm not, um, in other people's eyes, I'm not his legal parent and I can't make a lot of legal decisions for him. And so it kind of feels like my hands are tied at times and I have to kind of defer to you. And it, and it upsets me too because having to sign permission slips, for example, for the school to be able to allow you to pick your own son up, it, it's just, it hurts and it's, yeah. it's insulting. Um, one of the happiest days of my life was the day I got that phone call at work and they told us that we'd been matched with you. And I called grandma up to tell her the news and I could barely get the words out. I was just so, so touched, so overwhelmed with joy. I, I, I've never experienced that before. The greatest gift I've ever had in my life is, is being your father. I, I couldn't ask for anything better. I love you very, very much. Love you too. Well, that kind of goes along with what I told you that day where I said that your dad and I were a couple before you, and you're the one who made us a family. We weren't a family until you came. the show, you heard from some of my colleagues at Arizona Public Media about songs that remind them of their dads. Now, to end this special Father's Day show, I'd like to share a few more. I'm Vanessa Bargefield, a reporter here at Arizona Public Media. When I was a kindergartner at Lineweaver Elementary School, my dad, who's like many dads out there, I think, a, a, a baseball fanatic, signed me up to, to sing in the school-wide talent show. The day of the show, he dressed me up in this little mini red western skirt and a matching red vest. He gave me a, a plastic catcher's helmet and a little mini baseball. 
I walked out onto the stage in front of my, I'm sure, totally mortified older sister, Jenny, and I belted out the song that will always remind me of my dad. And that is, take me out to the ball game, take me out to the crowd, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I ever come back, so we'll root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame, for there's one, two, three strikes, you're out in the old ball game. When I listen to the song, I feel like I'm at a Toros baseball game with my dad. Like it's 1987 again, um, and the sun is shining. We're at the Reed Park Baseball Stadium um, and watching the Toros play. I'm Andrea Kelly. I'm a radio news reporter, and I produce and host our TV show, Metro Week. When I first started trying to think of a song that made me think of my dad, I had a lot of trouble. I was trying to think of pop songs. What did he listen to when I was younger? And there's just such a variety. Nothing specific came to me. But then when I kind of let my mind wander to do other things, I realized for me, just like Vanessa, it's also take me out to the ballgame. We spent so many hours at baseball games throughout my life. When I was little, you know, I just kind of thought it was entertaining and I thought it was fun to go. And over the years, I actually learned about baseball, had some of my own favorite players that I learned about because we spent a lot of time at games. My dad was really excited when the Colorado Rockies came into existence in the early 1990s. And we used to come to Tucson every year to go to spring training. And so for us, it was root, root, root for the Rockies. And that was always, you know, how we changed the song. Everybody puts their own team in there. The thing about the song, though, is that my dad always made us stand up and sing it and do the hand gestures for, you know, a strike or someone being out. And it just really reminds me of my dad when I think about baseball, when I think about going to the games, and when I think about singing that song with him in the stadiums. My name is Jacobo Ramirez. I'm the senior director for Arizona Public Media. When I'm asked what song reminds me of my father, I can't really think of one song per se, because when I was a kid, I had in my dad on weekends, he would put this music that was really strange to me and my brothers. Acuérdate de Acapulco de aquellas noches, María Bonita, María del Alma. So he would put tangos from Argentina, Carlos Gardel, or songs from Agustín Lara, um, Pedro Infante, and all those, and also even classical music. But at the time, I didn't really like listening to that music, but that helped me to love music. And, and since I was 13 years old, I started playing music from all Latin America. I'm a musician. Well, when I hear those songs, for sure, I mean, I think of my, my childhood.
I am Zach Ziegler. I am a reporter here at Arizona Public Media. The first song that came to my mind when thinking about my dad is Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here. He is an avid Pink Floyd fan. My first concert ever he took me to, it was Pink Floyd's Farewell Tour. They're a band that, they're kind of the soundtrack of my childhood to me. So you think you can tell Heaven from hell I am a new dad. Uh, I have a, a six-month-old girl at home. And one thing that I have the advantage of being a musician, I play my guitar for her. Uh, she seems to be a very big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, which is adorable. I'm guessing it's yeah, a lot of songs that are nice and up-tempo in major keys. She seems to be a fan. The reason I thought of Wish You Were Here mostly when it comes to my dad is because routinely that's a song that's kind of in my brother and I's jamming repertoire. And if my dad's around and he hears it, uh, he he kind of lights up when he hears us playing it. And it's it's very fun to, to get to do that and to get to see his reaction, kind of get the proud papa, I taught my boys well. It's definitely interesting to see it is just that ingrained thing that music is in our spirits. It's It'll calm my daughter down when she's crying. It's some of my earliest memories in my childhood that my dad and I shared are musical things. And while we're, it's not like we're some super musical family, but... It's definitely just that ingrained human spirit, it seems. Thank you for listening to Arizona Spotlight. The show originates from the ACPM radio studios. The production engineer is Jim Blackwood, and the music is by Calexico. You can subscribe to the Arizona Spotlight podcast on iTunes. I'm producer and host Fernanda Echavarri, sitting in for Mark McLemore. And this show is dedicated to my dad. Mm-hmm.